Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I, I, I hate to use these guys too much. We just had Holly a couple weeks ago. We got unbelievable reaction on it. And by the way, it did great. It was in the top 20 on iTunes for like a day. Um, and these always do well. People like this stuff. When I did it with Lou, it did great. Uh, Jerry's well, and now we have Glenn. I've been trying to get Glenn on here for about three or four months. We've had some rough patches, the two of us, in our friendship the last few months, but he finally sat down. We talked for about an hour and 45 minutes, I'd say, give or take. Decided to split up into two parts. So you're going to get one part today, uh, Thursday, and another part a week from today, next Thursday. This one focuses sort of more on Glenn getting fired, his thoughts on Salk, uh, kind of the beginning parts of his career, his relationship with Eddie when he was a program director, some controversial moves he had to make, the formation of the big show. Next week, we're going to some other stuff as well. Next week, I'd say, is more contentious for sure. I mean, there's a real legitimate argument back and forth with me and Glenn. Uh, but this one is uh, excellent as well. Glenn did a great job, came in and gave me a really good hour and a half. You'll really like it. If you love inside radio stuff and gossip like we all do, this is absolute candy. Glenn Ordway on Enough About Me, part one uh, is yours starting right now. Were you totally blindsided when they fired your fucking ass that wonderful, sweet day, one of the great days of my life? It's so nice that you're saying nice <laughs> things about my fat ass. It's I actually like not that, that fat it's right it, now. No. Well, you know. It's, how many pounds are you down? It's uh, 30, but who's counting? I, how, many, how many pounds I got like you, 70 to go. What how, many, how, many, how many pounds have you gained and lost over the last uh, years? Thousands? Too many to even This one's going to stick, though. Yeah. I this remember, has got to stick. This has got to stick. I got to do this. What do you mean? Well, for health, I got young kids. I got to, you know, got to stay around. Right, you should not have young kids either. You need. Oh, okay. Now you're gonna tell me how to live my life too. Jesus, God, I am. I'll tell you, I'll still outlive you. I will. That's probably true. Yeah, I will outlive you. I can just tell the way you live your life right now. Well, I stay in shape. How old are you now? How old are you now? I am forty-two. Thank God, thirty years younger. Thank God, you stay in shape and run. What do you mean? Well, because if you were, you know, a heavy drinker or whatever, you'd be, you know. I probably wouldn't care as much. You'd be gone. No, you wouldn't care, but you'd be gone. That's probably true. You'd be gone. So I was. Was I blindsided? That was the question? Well, well, I remember exactly where it was. Blindsided, yes. Told you had no hint it was coming at all. Uh, None. No, matter of fact, uh, stuff leading up to that was was just the opposite. But you know what it was. We had a a crazy general manager and, and Jeff Brown. He never told me, never spoke a word to me. After the decision was made, you know, Jason Wolf. How'd you Wolf find out? Jason Wolf. In his called office? me in after the show. Yeah, after the show. So you so you get called in after the show, you and Holly. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Holly was not called in. No, no, I'm saying after the show with you and Holly. Oh, yeah. You and Holly's yes. show. Uh, you go in there, whatever. Wolf, he says, come on in. You're thinking nothing, right? Could be anything. No, he was... I knew something was wrong. Oh, okay. Because I saw the expression on his face. That uh, Literally, there were almost tears in his face. There was something right. really bad there, because... Uh, and I've since found out he really had absolutely nothing to no, do I, with it. I believe that. Yeah, that nothing believe. to do with it. Right. Um, but then the stuff that transpired in the next few days kind of pissed me off because, you know, the company leaked stuff out to the Globe. 
Right. And uh, that kind of pissed me off because... What was leaked out? I don't remember. What was it? Uh, it was leaked out that I was... I had sat down with Wolfie. We talked about it. He said, you know, do you want to stay on the air for the next couple of days? Yeah, I got nothing to hide. I'll come on the air in the next few days. Sure. And I think they trusted me that I wasn't going to kill them, though I think I was pretty honest that, yeah. you know, I wasn't getting a lot of right. reaction like from... Like others, though, some, some veteran people leave and aren't allowed... Goodbye shows. Some people and... blow up the building. Right. Some, some people some, just some I'm surprised just go. that didn't happen with your well, show here recently. Some, I had nothing to do with that. Yeah, of course. No, 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 no. You. you it's about you, not innocent, me. You're, 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 you're innocent. You don't need to ask me any questions. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Get back to your story. Well, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> but it, it that pissed me off because we had agreed. But leaked what? I'm sorry. They leaked out that I was that I was getting fired. Yeah, but you were getting fired. Yeah, but it was, it was held internally, uh, and then we all agreed... That we were going to keep it quiet for three days. Oh, I was going to go on the air Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, and then yeah, yeah, Friday yeah. say it was over. We would we would say it's over, right? So and then they they broke the so trust. Finn had it that day, or whatever. yes, they broke the became, trust. So that became he had it that night. By that the time night, I got home, so it became a three day. Yeah, and they leaked it, and I know they leaked it, and they came directly from. Well, it had to. Have. I mean, you yeah, right. I knew how many people knew about it, so very few people knew about it. Yeah, but leading up to it, uh, Kirk, no, actually, uh, there were moments. I remember that July or August, um, the July or August before, we finished number one of the spring book. Holly yeah. and I finished number one. Right. We came from the dead, because people forget it. We were the first afternoon drive show in this station to be on FM. Be, the, the big show never, never right. played on FM. The big right. show was an AM show, right. and AM was dying badly. So he came and he invited me out to dinner. I showed up. It was at Fenway Park, of all places. Who was he? Uh, Jeff Brown. Right. Can we say his name? Sure, I can say his name. Sure. Good friend of mine. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah, terrific he's, guy. Yeah, you and he are real tough. <laughs> oh, we talk all the time. So, is he, well, you he can work for CBS, does he now? Uh, he works for Cumulus, I think. Okay, so I, he's, I, not I our, he's not our partner now. Uh, no, no. Okay. No. Are you keeping scorecard yes, here? Yes, so I who am. You have to kiss ass I, with? I, yes, I Because I know am. you'll play the game better than anybody. Thank you. All right. And so, it was like July. Invites me over to Fenway Park. Did you meet at the that EMC thing? Yes. I had dinner with him there. Did you? Yes. That's where he liked to have dinner for some reason. I don't ask kiss, right? And my ass was kissed. Not only was my ass kissed, but I, first of all, I showed up, and he, he invited me because he wanted to congratulate me on the fact that we were number one. Sure. The spring book comes out in July. That's when you get it. And it was days after that. Came up to me and said, I want to have dinner. I want, we've got to have a congratulatory dinner. You're number one. You brought us back from the dead, this and that, whatever. And he had an expensive bottle of wine he bought, which I sure. had no idea why he did it. Right. But there was no holly there. And I'm sitting there, I go, this is really strange that Michael's Oh, not, Michael wasn't there either. No, and it, maybe he did a separate one with Michael mm. to congratulate him. So we sit and we have this thing and he says it's great and whatever. And then we go through the whole thing and he said, now I want you to just go out there and bury that fucking Felger. I want you to just bury it. And I said, oh, and I did the rah-rah. Let's, oh, let's play the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I said, if we're really talking business here, um, you understand how it's going to operate now. That they're going to be in an even level with us. And they'll have books where they'll be better because mm-hmm. the Bruins will be better or the Patriots will, will hit and we'll be better if the Red Sox can hit and, uh, you know, the Celtics at that time we had the Celtics if the Celtics can hit. That's how it's going to play out. Mm-hmm. And his total demeanor changed at that point. We were like buds for the whole dinner. He turned on me and said, you know, what the hell's wrong with you? You're not competitive? Right. You don't want to kill the other? Right. I said, of course I'm competitive. I, I, I want to kill the competition. I'm just... We're talking now business and telling you what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. This is going to, and from that day on, and I was later told by somebody that that really turned him and soured him. I mean, he didn't think I was 
a tough enough competitor. But he didn't run. But he didn't run this place like he was in a, in a dogfight either, though. I mean, it's not like he. It's not like he ran. I mean, I, I worked with him. I was here. It wasn't like he he operated the place like get on the air and kick the shit out of the other guys. I mean, that wasn't the attitude at all. With his attitude, yeah. Well, it was that night. No, I understand, but I mean, did, I, we would have meetings. You know, when I first started with John and Jerry, and he was well, there, he didn't he was understand like, programming. He was like, he was you can't self. talk about Toucher and Rich. You can't say their name. You can't say Felger's name, which to me is always insane. I well, mean, he's taking you out just, of competing. Well, well, also, and, right, but also at this point, that's not your. Style. Everybody knows my name or Felger's name or your name or or Fred Toucher. I mean, it's. I think that's always dumb now to not. Ninety five doesn't do it. I don't really understand it. Everybody knows everybody. Well, it, it dates back to the old days when you had to do diary Diaries, books. right, yeah. And so what would happen is somebody would listen to your show, they'd listen for like 15 minutes, and then they'd have to fill in the book, and they'd put four hours, they'd put your name because right? they know who you right. were. That's why so, you did so well. Yeah, you didn't want to do the confusion. Your, we people, lied. Right, right you right, lied. Right. It worked. I paid people You off. bought the book. I went door to admitted. door. Girl good. Scout cookies? Right. How about ratings? You finally admitted it? Good. Yes. But now you've got meters, so it's totally different. It's irrelevant Which is also kind of a shitty system, too, though. None of them are, are, right. are perfect. I mean, None of them. you know, it's sort of, you know, how many meters are there right now? Not a lot. Thousand. Right. In in the market? Yeah. yeah something like that. It's sort of, that's kind of your livelihood. You know, if one guy listens, you know, it can, it can change everything. Yes. But whatever. I don't know. So then you get fired. I had Michael Hawley on a few weeks ago. I'm sure you listened to it. I, I told him the uh, story. Listen to all your Did I tell podcasts. Good. I told him, well, yes, I, you should. I told him the uh, story of Mike Menansky, Mutt, and I would talk every day on the phone. And after the first Salk and Holly show, Mutt called me at 2.20, and he said, what do you think? And I said, it's fucking over. This show has no chance. None. What, what are you, Imani Toomer? You're supposed to respond now. <laughs> I could book him anytime. Hold on. Imani needs another eight <laughs> seconds to I come to that. I mean, okay, so you know my reaction, because you and I, and I'll give you a lot of credit, because... You and I, for some reason, kind of sparked up a, a friendship relationship. It's gone now. We didn't. Yeah, gone now. We'll get to that. Yeah, it's we, your we fault. will. But oh, it's always my fault. Sure. No, but I mean, we didn't sleep together. We thought about it. At least I did. Because you're, you know, good-looking guy. Thank you. But, uh, but you called me, and I heard from you uh, after that for two-year period. Virtually, it wouldn't be more than two weeks go by. Well, that we you and I wouldn't talk. We yeah. talked a lot. Yeah. So you and I. Well, you would talk a lot. And I would listen. Really. No, there were times you talked. You want to go through some of them? You, you mean, want to go through some of the Dino conversations you and I had? Well, I you want to go there? On the air, we can go I? there. We can say anything you want here. Anything okay. you want. All right, we'll go through it. Good. I'll Let's bring it, it later, up. I'll, I'll hold fine. it for that's you fine. later that's on. Fine. Right. Um, I thought the same thing when I first heard him, and I, and, but it wasn't doing me any good to say anything negative about Salk. It wasn't helping my situation. Oh, I, I wasn't getting work back again. But I will say this. You, in this town, this town is as parochial. First of all, I think there's some of the best sports talk radio in this town. When you listen to other markets, and you've done some of that. Oh, they suck. It suck. And even in New York. I mean, do you think Mike Francesa could last the, no. the, the length of time he's lasted if he were working here in Boston with this competitive no, uh, market? Absolutely not. Having, no, you know, just the same no, Mike thing. Mike and the Mad Dog was a good every show. Every single day. It was a good show. Really good, good show. That it, show would do well. Yes, that show would do well. I mean, well. if they were from Boston. It would that, do right. well. But, right. you know, Francesca's almost become like Ted Sarantis, you know, and you do the same thing every night. And, yes. A... And, and whatever. But I, I just don't think you can take somebody from out of town. And you can't give me this bullshit that, well, he once lived no, here. that's bullshit. Things change in a five-year cycle in this town. And you've got to be in tune 
with what the fans are thinking. I grew up in this town. I, you know, had a thought I had a real good feel, good feel for what was topical, what you wanted to talk about. If you would drop me off in Pittsburgh or okay. drop me off in Seattle, I would have the same have no, problem. I, I would you, struggle. You did some national stuff with uh, on Sirius. I did. And, and it was fine, but I could tell, and we would talk about it. I mean, I could tell your heart wasn't in it. Yeah, it was. It's just not. I mean, it's just not. I'm the same way. If I had a job offer in... Seattle, say, you know, with Salkoff job in Seattle, probably not going to happen. <laughs> but I would say that whomever, San Diego, I would say, you know, uh, I can't do it. I have no desire yeah. to do it. I have no desire to do national stuff. Like you, I grew up here. This is just what I know. It's it doesn't different. have, it lacks the emotion. You know, you hear these national shows, and on the whole, they suck. They're really geared towards smaller markets, and that's where they play. I've done a lot of fill-ins for Dan Patrick, and I have the same feeling there. And if you look at the ratings... Dan does well in the hinterlands, oh, I'm sure. but he doesn't do well in cities where you care about your own team. Even on here? I actually right. don't even know. He's not on here. He's not on. No. He would do no rating, right? Right. My, geez, my are you okay with your microphone? What are you going to learn how to... How long have you been in this people, business people now? People usually do this for me. Oh, people don't do shit for you. Stop it. You have said... My, my micro- off more can you fix my microphone, please? Yeah. Fix his <laughs> microphone. Fix the fucking thing. This is unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know. Just don't edit this out, by the way. This shows you the true side of Minahan. This says, I need help, please. Somebody wipe my my my, my ass. Oh, look at this! Look at this! See, it's yeah. not me. Yeah. Dead air. It's good. Dead air, great. Yeah. Jesus Christ, it's fine. We need How's it going, man? It's working well. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I tell like... you what, there's a lot of things that are drooping on you these days, and that's <laughs> I, just another one. You're so cocky now that you're so slim. You're How am I anorexic. cocky? I'm cocky about what? Like Dennis Quaid. I don't give a anorexia. shit anymore. I'm at the point in my life where that's I don't bullshit. care. That's bullshit. Okay. Okay. That's bullshit. Uh, why? Why is it bullshit? Because you're still you care. Be somewhat you're guarded. You're sensitive. I'm not sensitive at you all. You are sensitive. Give me an example. You love to portray this image that you're not sensitive. And I actually like this about you. It's a good quality that I know that you get dented by stuff. Like what? Give me an from example. From time to time. You were dented about the fact that you want to get into it. I'll get into it with yeah, the whole Fourier incident. Say that. Get in whatever the fuck. They, you, well, no, well, that's a big one. We'll do that later. Oh, you I, want to save that? Yeah, because that's, that's important. Okay. But I, here's what I'll say. Like I heard the other day, and I know what you're doing. You're trying to piss me off only. I think sometimes you're on the radio thinking this is going to piss Kirk off because I do the same thing to you. You enjoy it. You enjoy the fact you know it's going to piss me off. That's okay. I, I know you know. You've been in radio long enough that if a morning show does, let's say, a 15 in a weekly, yep. uh, that does help the show following it. No question. So that so all I'm and saying I think, is, and all I'm saying I, is, and I'm not going to thank you. I think you should thank you because of Jerry fucking Callahan. I think you, yes, I think you should thank uh, Amani too. I do. I did today because he helps you. Oh, but he that lead me, in he, he gives the show today. is unbelievable. No, there's no question. Lead in is a big part of it that we all succeed a hell of a lot better. I know I'm sounding like we're at some political convention. We all succeed better when we come together. But it is true that your lead ins do help the whole station. Well, Glenn, if the show's doing right. a 15, I mean, right. you know, or a 14 or a 13, you're going to doing we're doing well right now. Which, we're, good. we're doing well. Our show midday is doing well, and you're right. you're and leading again, you're leading place to it. But again, I, if I walk out in the street, get hit by a truck, and die, you're back on the street in a year. Yeah, John's back in the studio. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. And then you're back on the street in a year. The midday show, I have said it, and uh, I think you guys think I'm being sarcastic sometimes. I think it's better than it was with Ben's, although I think Ben's better than you. <laughs> I've said that before. I'll stick Thanks. by it. No I appreciate. Problem. I appreciate. I actually that. like Ben's. Yeah, I, I, all kidding aside, Ben's, I liked him personally. I did stuff with him on Comcast. He's a good guy. I, him, I mean, yeah. he's you know, I liked like him. Salk. You didn't. You I probably, never met Salk. You never met him once. Never met him. Like I was just said, he's just an asshole. He was tough to deal with. He, those guys. Were, I'm sure you've heard a million war stories from from Ben and yeah. Andy, and and everyone's had to deal with him. Ben's was a good guy who I think is another victim of two things. Number one, he was actually sensitive. And number two, like, he just, you can say you're from here as much as you want. Like you said about Salk. 
Ben's can say my dad's whatever, and I was here for a while. It doesn't. You have to be for, uh, Felger. I guess is an example. Felger's been here for twenty five he, years. He's been here since out of college. Right. Basically. That's he's from here. That's now. a different. Yeah. I mean, his yeah. family. That you have. You have to serve a certain amount of time. I do think, like you know, I'm just I'm saying this. Like Fourier is not from here, but he played for the Patriots. I mean, it's it's different. If you if you played for a sports team, I think you're sort of grandfathered in. But you, you got to be one or the other. Or you're dead. I agree. You're dead. I mean, I agree. Dino was here. Dino was here forever. Yeah, came from Kansas City, but that was I'm sure uh, he did. Eighteen sixty-two. Yeah, that's the narrative. I don't know where he came from. He came from Kansas City. Have you talked so. to him at all? I have not. Um, we texted each other uh, a few times recently. You want to see him? I hate Kirk. God, his dick looks great in that no. picture. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> surprising. Looks surprisingly young. <laughs> I have no ill will toward Dino. Um, I'm not sure why he left. Yes, you are. What do you mean? Well, he, he had health reasons. I read the press release like everybody else. You know why. Why? Because you know, he couldn't deal with it anymore. Deal with what? What's it? And no. L- listen, I'm not. Uh, you and I have talked about this, and we talked about it during the situation. Yeah. And, you know, part of it probably was Dino's fault that maybe, you know, when he got a new deal or whatever, maybe he felt that he wasn't being treated fairly or whatever and so he looked at it and said you know why should i put all of the work into it because there was a slippage there's there's no question about it in this business and i've been in it longer than most people in this town you got to work at it every freaking day if you don't work at it man you'll get killed one of the things i hear all the time not here i should gotta be fair i would say it too is i felt there was a slippage in the big show from its peak which again you know i love the big show at its peak to when it ended there was is that was are you not working as hard as you were before? No. What no. happened? I mean, you you can say you were oh, a liar I, on that one. No, I'm, a, I'm just asking. Well, I think there were a lot of things that happened with, with the big show. First of all, when did you when did when first of all, when did you think it was at its peak? Um, late nineties, early two thousands? Well, we went eighteen years with that show, right? <laughs> right. And for like fifteen of those years we were we were number one in the sure. key demos. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. But you would say you would agree that, you know I would say halfway through it, like anything I mean, every show, your show's gonna have the same thing. Uh, you know, well, that's why be, I'll get rid of Jerry. We'll just keep it fresh. Well, I would uh, you know, I, I thought that too. And yeah. then they come in one day and they grab you and they throw your ass out the door I've and got, it will happen. I got to guys you. across the street now. Though. You won't take it well. I'm How many days do you get therapy now? Twice? Uh, one day uh once a week, one week, twice a week the next You'll week. You'll be doing four days a week when that happens. You'll I only get Ryan out. Johnson. The guy's a talent. <laughs> yes, he He's is. He's a rare talent. Yes. But I, think, but see, I think what... what no, but, but my point, so, all right, well, let's, let's go even back. So, uh, you do the show with Prensky, which was not great. You oh, all, that was that was. Which you, that was you all, that's your fault. So that, when, no, no, no. I, think, uh, I thought uh, you said it was your fault. It is my fault. It, I was going to say, I was doing the Celtics at the same time. So, you would do... So, so I'd do it in the hotel room. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And... You know, it was not her fault. It was my fault. And I was so glued in to the Celtics. When you're covering a beat like that, you know a lot about uh, a little, right. as opposed to knowing yeah, a little yeah, about a lot yeah, when yeah, you're doing yeah, talk shows. Right. So you're sort of and in so your I was bubble. sitting there talking Celtics every day, and people wanted to talk about other things. Give a shit, that right. was clearly my fault. So what years are those? Uh, that was 91, 92, something like that. This is 850. Uh, this was 850. 850. So when did The big become... show was always on 850. Right. So when did you become the program director? So... The, Who did you stab in the back and then become program director? <laughs> so the Celtics gig, for me, they offered me a four-year deal for the Celtics gig in 95, all okay. right? And that was the ML Carr year. He was coming yeah. in. And ML and I were good friends. So sure, we get along him, yeah. well. And ML started that whole championship-driven thing right. and championship-driven. I wanted to trade for Michael, to talk to Michael Jordan and, and all that and stuff. And yeah. I knew what 
the inner workings of the organization were, they were going to tank the season. Right. They were going to try to make it look as if they were trying and for doing Duncan, everything yeah. they should, but they were trying to go for Duncan. Mm-hmm. And I knew that. So I would be doing this talk show as well as doing the games. Right. And so I'd go on the talk show, and people would call me up, and they were pissed off at right. where the team was going. Right. I'm sitting there going, don't you understand? This team has to get a lot worse before it gets better. Right. I got called in by Paul Gaston for a meeting with Jan Volk. They brought me into a meeting, and they said, what is this? You're, you're sitting here saying the team has got to get worse before it gets better. I was with Paul Gaston. I said, how am I harming the organization? Right. That's the truth. Right. This is the NBA. you got to right. get worse right. to get better. In fact, yeah. Right. And we're not doing that. You know, you've got to say championship driven. So I had the meeting for about 40 minutes. I said very little else. John uh, McGuire, I think, was in on the meeting with me. He was the general manager at the time. And I walked out of that. And at the I station, left. John McGuire. Yes. Right. And he said, you know, you got to conform. and you got to. So I went home. I thought about it. And I still had a you know, pissy attitude about it. And I said, I can't be Johnny Most. I can't sit in this generation. You can't. Right. Yeah. You know, back in the mid 90s, you can't do what he did. Yeah. You know, it's a much different uh, approach to play by play. So at that point, I said, I can't do it. And I went in and had another meeting the next week. And I said to them, I can't do it. I, I just can't do it. And Jan Vogue said, you got to do it. You know, we're going to bring in Cedric Maxwell. and We got ideas and we're going to do this. And we're going to. I said, I can't do it if that's the criteria, that that's mm-hmm. what I have to say. And I was still cocky to the point where I, I didn't give a shit. So I said, I can walk away from it now. I've traveled. I've done it for 14 years. I had a great time. I loved it. Yeah. It's still one of the highlights of, of my life. But I couldn't do it. And so I walked away. I, I turned in my resignation. So then where were you prepared? But they were forcing me out. Don't get me wrong. Right. They were forcing me to right. do it their way. So you can. Is that Howard David? They brought in. Uh, Is that wrong? I think Howard David was the second one. They brought somebody else in yeah. first before Howard. Uh, so, you, but you're still on with Prensky at the time, or you're done? Totally? No, we were done. So we were, were done. You, I was so, on with Dave Shea for a while. So, where are you at professionally at that point? Uh, professionally, I was out of a job. No, no job. No job. Okay. No job. Uh, so how then? How do you wind up? You want some tips when it happens to you? <laughs> it's in a couple not, of never years, I give you some tips. Yeah. Um, I was out of job, and then Toronto, I believe, was coming in the league, or they had just gone in the league. So I got a call there. I had friends in the NBA, yeah, and I had a lot of good friends at the NBA. And they were calling me up and helping me out. And then San Francisco, there was an opportunity with Golden State. Did you want to do that, though? No. I had got to the point in my life where I said, you know what? I've had 14 unbelievable years. I'll never see better basketball right. in my life. Did you want to move? Players were, at, during that period, were my age. Right. Now I'm going to go out there right. and do it. I don't know how some of these older guys do it, Kirk. Gorman when you or... get these young kids that are, you know, it's so different. I used to be really friendly and have a good rapport with the, the players yeah. because you were similar age, similar uh, interest. So I said, no, I wasn't going to do it. And then Steve Dodge, who was the CEO of American Radio, came to me and we had lunch or dinner. Or, and he said to me, hey, listen, we got this idea. You know, you've done sports talk radio and the conversations we've had with you, you've come up with some interesting ideas of stuff that you thought might work doing sports talk radio. We're mm-hmm. going to flip EEI, go from 590 to 850 on the yep. AM dial. It's going to give us a lot more cloud, a bigger signal, more listeners. And we'd like to put somebody in charge of it that really wants to do it. There's one caveat. We want your brand on the air. So I said, wait a minute. You want me to run the programming, plus you also want me to be on the air. And he mm-hmm. said, yeah. And then we agreed to do it for like a two-year trial period. And then mm-hmm. after the two years, I had the option of doing either one of those things. I could manage or yep. I could be on the air. And that's how it started. When did you think of the big show 
the idea of it, you and two rotating guys, was that influenced by sort of like what Lil Bell would do on Sunday nights? No, it was actually influenced by a show that we were dealing with with uh, RKO because I was involved in programming at RKO yeah. earlier. We had Bill O'Connell and we had you know different guys come in and do like a three-man shift. They used to have a show years ago called The Voice of Sports, which I listened to when I was a really little kid. Yeah. And it was a three-man thing and they would get into arguments and debates so that kind of influenced me more than anything else about how would it be if we had three guys in there and it's like three guys sitting around a bar and they're bringing up topics and there's a lot of entertainment attached to it. We put some production to it. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, why can't we do what Saturday Night Live does to bring some radio bits into it? And we right. looked for comedians, some people to write. And, you know, that's why we brought Sean Grandy and we hired him because he could write and he could put some right. stuff together. Some production stuff, and we had Jim Cutler, who's one of the yeah. great voices in the country. Yeah. He was doing all of our production. Well, Randy was essentially like Brain was with us. Yes, yeah. Right. I mean, so, almost, yeah. almost so a knockoff. We, of we, we had some really talented people out of the gate, and we had a good concept and a good idea. I think. I, what I liked, what I like about obviously we've we've uh, tweaked it a little bit, and we have one different guy in every day. But what I like about it is there's no like the show is fifty fifty with Jerry and I. Now we have co ownership of the show. So if you brought somebody else in, and they don't, Jerry and I are on board together. If you bring somebody else in full-time, maybe they're different. Maybe they have ideas we don't like. Maybe they have a different attitude. This way you're sort of focused. The way you had it, in a way, was sort of sole ownership of that show, right? I mean, it was your shot. You could call what you – you could do what yes. you wanted to do. Yes, but I had management that was – No, I, oh, I, no, I understand that, but within your own little right. world. Right. I would agree. You guys have stole the concept, except you've got two guys in it. We, had, say, the guy. we say, had the gay guy before you did. With Buckley? Buckley. Yeah, but for years he guy. wasn't gay, though. Huh? He's, He's always he... gay. Nah, I think he was straight. I think no, he made him do it for ratings. I think he made him do it for ratings. We knew. Treatment. I mean, everybody knew. We knew. I know. Was, we does we Buck, love... was Buck actually surprised that people weren't surprised? He was surprised when he threw it at me, and I said, okay. Yeah. Right. But he was What's... never secretive about it, really. No. No, I mean, you I mean, can I tell. Mean, I mean, privately. Yeah, we've been great friends for years, and when he shows up at parties and stuff like that, and the guy shows up alone, you know right. what's going on. Did you ever all. sleep with him? We had a, uh, did I ever what? Sleep with him. I thought about it a yeah. couple times, but <laughs> no. no. We did have cigars together on numerous that's almost that's a little it's different a, now. It's a little foul. Uh, that's that. different. And we had women on the show. I mean, uh, you know, you, you did. You did. Yeah. You absolutely did. Yeah, now, early on, though, it was sort of, and this is kind of what I'm getting at, early on, it felt like you, know, you would drive in the car and you would hear... Jerry Callahan and Bob Ryan, you know, where you would hear Jerry Callahan and Dan Shaughnessy or you hear Jack McMullen and, and whomever. And it felt A-listy at first and then, you know, or even Felger. But towards the end of the show, it didn't feel that way as much. Well, we didn't have a lot of A-listers because and well, you're absolutely the hub right. Happened, right. First of all, well, well a couple, go before that. Well, a couple things happened. They, uh, first thing is we had the, the Globe issue in which the <laughs> right, Globe right. Um, boycotted our show. Oh, and that was over the Borges thing? Uh, that was over the board just then. He called. What did he call? He said. Well, what he did was he called. Um, was it Arabu? Uh, yes, Arabu. It, he was talking about what uh, George Steinbrenner said. He called him a. Didn't Steinbrenner call him a, a pussy? No. What was no, it? he called him a. Uh, uh, a fat toad? No. Fat. Uh, he used the word Jap. Jap, that's yeah, right. That's, that's what right, he used. Right. So Borges used it to reference a story. Right. And the editor of the Globe at the time happened to be. Married to an Asian woman, so that yeah. didn't go over. It was pretty sensitive to him, but you but, know, but, Borges it, but his, it was Borges doing it. It wasn't right. the show. But it Ron was on his own. Wasn't calling Arabu a Jap. No, no, no. And he, he was he, trying he, to, and he corrected himself very yeah. quickly. I mean, Borges realizes he screwed up. Yeah. You know, 
Because that's that's the last. Are you sure Mike Sando didn't write it first, and then Borges just plagiarized <laughs> it? it? Is, that, is that what happened? Yeah. So, okay. but Borges is not that type. Did he? Uh, he He's not. He I didn't say, mean it. He I would did not say mean he definitely not is mean not. It. Right. But the Globe uh, overreacted to it. I also think it was an excuse for the Globe to clearly get their people off of EEI because EEI was starting to move up with credibility, and the Globe was suddenly being threatened by. Right, it. but isn't that? Uh, I would look at it. if I worked at the Globe. If I, was it Don Squire at the time or no? Uh, it was. Uh, Yes, Don Squire originally, and then who was it after? It wasn't that? Dory. He was before that. Yes. Anyway, was, anyway, if I'm the Globe at that point, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, I want these Globe guys on every day. Why not? Did, I think they felt threatened. But what I think they, they felt threatened. We, 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 were, we were suddenly becoming a force. Sure, but I'm saying if you're doing huge ratings, which you were doing, and Shaughnessy's on, and Borges is on, and whomever else is on, and they have things to promote and stories the next day, what's a better place to do it? Well, except the Globe only cares about everything that happens within the walls of Morrissey Boulevard. I, mean, I understand I mean, that. But but it's, certainly but it's, that was their way then. I think things might be a little bit different now because there are a few other you know, competitors out there on, well, the, on the Internet for them. Right. But uh, that was the first thing I think that hit, but we actually went way up. It was like the best thing that ever happened to us. It was oh, like people love the fact that we said, screw it, we're not going to bow down to the Globe. It, the Globe was trying to set parameters in which their guests would come on. They didn't want any of their people... On the air when the Weiner line was aired, and we basically said, screw it. Fuck off. And right? management was great. I said to management, I said, this is the dumbest thing. If we kowtow down to them, right. we're going to be look, doing it, it to everybody. Like pussies, right? Everybody's going to own us in this town. They're going to sit there and say, we can knock them over. But EI, we decided to just say, everyone's gone, right? No global, Globies allowed in any shows, correct? That's correct. They did the station. That's right. It's a great move. That's right. It's and what war. the Globe wanted to do is they wanted to go on Dale and Holly sure. and other shows. Probably and not John and Jerry yeah. necessarily. Yeah. Not John and Jerry, probably. Right. Yeah, right. I would say, and that came next. They the next they were pissed off at at um, at John and Jerry. But I think if you look at it over the years, we lost a lot of the A listers. Two things happened. One, they're making budget to some extent. That's no? right. They yeah. were making an awful lot of money in the show. Oh, I'm sure, the station was billing Printed in the like in the high forty million. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah. and they were doing so well that they sat there and said, "Let's suck a few more bucks out of it. Let's see yeah. what we can do." And they offered a pay cut to our entire crew all of the co-hosts a 50 percent i mean you know and, it's just it's, and david field to his credit when i finally sat down with him and explained that oh, this would do, go ahead. do a major right, good move right now damage Smart. to it right. i'll have some more things but he um he he relinquished but down the road uh, pete replaced sean grandy pete was great he was a different character Tremendous. but he was a ter- terrific character and yet they Replaced him once he started making too much money. And playing poker during the show. And he, well, that was another habit he had amongst <laughs> a few other things. But Pete was great for the show. Awesome. And, and people, people to this day come up to me and say, what did Pete do? You know, did he screw somebody's wife? I mean, what happened there? It was simply a budget thing. They got to the point where they trimmed the budget, kept on trimming it, till we ended up with a lot of B and C players. Did you get to the point where, like, were Fred and Steve guys that had contracts year-round? Did you have to use them? Yes. Yeah. yeah you had to a, use a lot of guys because a lot was that of guys. An issue? Would you say? The, the yeah, I think it was an issue. It was like... an issue. It was an issue using, you know, football. They had to be on X yeah. amount of days a week. Yeah, football guys in baseball times and right. baseball guys in football time. It it became difficult. Yeah, there's no question about that. When did you? Uh, so when it ended, you got like I said, you got the call in. You get the call. You, you go in the Wolfie's office. He tells you you're out. You, I mean, you literally just you know. Walk out and say, you know, what next? Do you have? Did you have any plan at all? I think uh, no, because I didn't expect it. I started laughing when you know we were at the point in your life at that. So that was 2013, right? Because the year I started, right? Correct. I started the week after that. Correct. Um, 
Did you have, if you wanted to retire right there, could you do it? Did you have enough money to retire? Um, no, not really. No, I mean, I could, I could, I could, I could retire if I wanted to live a, a real quiet life and didn't want to do an awful lot of stuff. But if I wanted to travel, I wanted right. to do things. Um, Are you thinking, holy shit, I'm whatever age I am. See, I'm, unlike you, I don't have a lot of money coming down from the family tree, you know, dropping down in front yes, of me. Yes, I hear this all the time right. about so me. When would, things, you, would you say to be if fair? You're, if you're out tomorrow. To, to be fair. Because you say something stupid and you I get suspended happen. for the night. time. spend it four times. That's you'll, it. You know, you'll, mommy and daddy will take care of you. Oh, you'll be yeah. all set. Yo, that'll you'll definitely be all happen. set. Would you admit, at least, if we bring this back to me, because it seems like you want to do, would you agree that my work ethic is uh, not the work ethic for somebody you would think is privileged and a silver spoon kid? I would agree. I, listen, I think you're terrific on here. You want me to, you know, kiss your ass right now? Blowjob? Well, what, what do you need? What do you need in your life? I could use a blowjob What do you this need point? in your life? Yeah, I would, I would well, say. We started, well, you're I, ta- you're ta- that's what, why you and I, I think, kind of became friends right out of the gate because I think we both had uh, an affinity for radio. We loved the medium. You know, you and I had talks about Stern and other shows that you had. You were oh, you guys as well, and John and Jerry. Yeah, and you and, did your homework, and no, you you've got a shtick. A what? You, a shtick? No, it's a real personality. It's a shtick. Oh, shut up! And you shut work it, and you work up. at your craft, and I give you all the credit in the world. And the other thing I think that's an admirable thing is you don't give a shit unless until you really become. A sensitive, a sensitive, a sensitive, a sensitive until you become a sensitive little bitch. A little pussy? A little pussy. You could say bitch, I can't. Grab I can't, that. I can't. Right. Can, I'm can, oh, allowed right. to say that. That's you right. can say that. I that's can't. right. And then you become a little well, it's funny overly about you sensitive, is, I, but no. We, I, didn't, I, we didn't know each other. So we knew each other a little bit like before I was like, even filling in. Because I filled in a lot with you for Michael yes. a lot over that year. I'm right. guessing that you wanted me. I did probably 30 or 40 yeah. shows right. of you. But the first time we really talked was in the parking lot. You probably don't remember. It was right after that Jack Edwards thing. I do thing. remember it very well. And we talked for you. you were, and that was your sensitive state. No, I was happy with the Jack Edwards yeah, thing. Yeah. Now you're thinking right. of somebody else who was involved right. in the interview might have been sensitive. Right. I was excited. Right. And, of course, I'm on with you four days later. I knew when you do shit like that, you get noticed. You have to. That's why I get frustrated with these guys on the weekends. I'm not saying you have to manufacture stuff, but you got to show a little fucking life. Yeah, see, you I, can't if, be like Mike Greenberg. If I were young, it doesn't it, work. It really disappoints me, some of the young people, and I don't want to sound like I hate the, this. I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound like the old asshole but, who's but sitting the, there. But you, you got to get off my lawn. But you, know? you got you, you to do something. But, but I think it's cookie cutter. I think the kids today are coming out of that ESPN mold. And so they all want to do the same thing, and they all want to stay neutral, and they all want to stay right here. I think the ones that stand out now are the ones that come out and they're willing to throw shit against the wall and they're willing to take a chance. Now, sure. when you take a chance, you might piss off management because it is a business and they may will. look at it and say, right. this is damaging our business. Right. But maybe you get that opportunity with the next door you knock on. And it's unfortunate because I think there are a lot of creative kids. I see stuff right now on YouTube that, you know, mm-hmm. I've never saw in my generation. But you know, Creativity, but, but they're afraid right. to do it in radio. You know, I say it's easy to do. Not easy. I couldn't do it, but it's easier to do it in that medium. The other thing I think... That hurts this generation now is I work with people. I see people. They're fucking looking at Twitter the whole time. Yeah. And if you say something stupid or something that Twitter's not going to like, I see people. They just say, well, I don't want to fucking deal with that right. again. We're done. I mean, right. you can't. I, I don't even look at the text during the show. The Twitter mentions make me laugh. I mean, you just have to say what you think. Do you really think that some 15-year-old kid who's sitting there applauding you and right. patting you on the back on Twitter is going to make you feel good? <laughs> some people I mean, it does, I guess, on. maybe. I don't know. Come on. So you're done. You're fired. You're gone. Uh, you walk out after those three days where everybody kisses your ass. It was borderline pathetic at the at the end. It was like, just get the fuck out of here. Leave. <laughs> and then, and then, and then what? I mean, the big show unfiltered was not. How long? How long after that? Well, first of all, I couldn't do anything for a while. They for were paying me for a year. Right. You got your full salary me. for a year. Yes. Jesus. That was the. By the way, eighty five thousand dollars. That, that might have been the dumbest 
I understand decision that. of a, of them all. Yeah, keep it quiet. They paid Did you, you say how much? <laughs> whatever it was, eighty five. They, they, they paid you for a year. Somebody, yes, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So okay, so you yeah. get so that. they had so, to pay me for 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 a year, and yet, as I told you, the the and we can get into it later about the station and the the issues that they had. So I couldn't do anything, and when I tried to, uh, they initially fought it. What did you try so, to do? Well, I tried to. Sirius wanted to hire me full time. Uh, they were we were talking about a full time gig, like a Mad at, Dog at station. Uh, yes, yeah. we were having conversations and so, and there were a couple of other places I could have gone elsewhere in the country, but I would have lost all the money and I'm sitting there going, they're paying me an awful lot of money. Right. The new people are not going to uh, hire me for the same amount of money. Right. This is pretty stupid. Plus if you're somewhere else, it's, you know, who knows you're if that's going to Yeah. Who yeah. knows if that's going to work. City. And I thought about it and I said, it doesn't make sense with my kids leaving, yeah. uh, you know, I'm a Boston guy. I love the emotion of this town. So when I had the opportunity to do serious and I had to do, I would have had to do some stuff in New York, which I ended up doing. Right. And, but I could do most of it in my house cause mm-hmm. I built a, a, a studio in my house and they were going to allow me to do it at home. I said, this is the greatest gig in the world, but they fought it. The company fought it originally and actually had lawyers going back and forth. Now I hadn't spoken to David, uh, field, the CEO, or Wheezy Kramer. So finally we connected mm-hmm. and we kind of talked it through and they were a lot better toward the end of the year. So I think I started with Sirius in December, but I started in a much different position that I was planning on starting three months before that. Sure. And but then, I couldn't make a move. And then you do, which I give you credit for the Big Show Unfiltered. Obviously it was not this big success, but a lot of people get fired and they just sit around and twiddle their thumbs. You actually tried to do something yeah. different. Well, now, I knew the, the media It was a failure. You yeah, know, it you, failed. You failed. Because it, we... we the audience wasn't bad. We were doing 385000 a month. And, of course, you know they can listen at different yeah, times different based times. on the medium. But we couldn't – you couldn't market it. The, the The problem was you were still caught up, as they still are right now with a lot of podcasts. Definitely. You know, you could sit there and say some of the podcasts are some of the greatest stuff you're hearing right now Thank you. Yeah. In, the, in the spoken word. Nice of you to say. Not yours, but there are a few well, others that I really, I really like out there. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing is that monetizing it well, is extremely and, difficult. And, uh, and Thomas Gill, yes, Friendous. yes, listen all the time. That's great. Yeah, it's great. You have a urinate, right. I say. If you drink right. your water, I fixed right. my elbow yeah. just if listening you drink to water, that show. Urinate. I didn't I, know until I, until I, I heard I, that I, podcast. Did. So, but, but it's it is but trying to monetize right. it, is. it was a killer. And the thing was that I had an opportunity. I when I was out of there, out of EEI, I had an opportunity to come back to EEI. Matter of fact, after Phil Zachary took over, Zachary and I had lunch. I want to say seven or eight weeks after he had taken over. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to bring me back. And we had the conversation. But there were people here. I think Kevin Graham, who was Where? the program director. Which time slot? Uh, we talked about a bunch of different. I don't want to get into, you know. Oh, shut the fuck up. Which I time? don't want to get into other, other people's jobs. But they're they're, they're because, gone now. Because I don't want them to think that they were second best. <laughs> uh, midday? No, we no, we talked midday. We talked nights. We talked afternoons. You and you know you and I, I know, had I meetings with with, meetings, with dinners dinners right. with management here. They wanted to put you and I on an afternoon drive. We right. came this close to actually pulling that off. Right, and I said no. No, you didn't. Said, Fuck you him. said no. You hugged me. I meant <laughs> I, I had to leave the restaurant. You were grabbing my my, good my steak leg. That night. We had steak that night. We did. That would have worked. Yeah. That show probably that would have worked because yes. you your caustic edge. Right. And I would have been able to well, move. I would have forced you out. I would I mean, at yeah, uh, well, some point. Like you did with John. <laughs> no. And, yeah, happened. you did. And I was would be able to move the chain. I was on with John. And, obviously, I was on with John and Jerry at that point, too. But you wanted out. Well, I was frustrated with certain elements of the show, to you, be sure. You wanted out. You wanted to get away from John. 
Um, I don't recall the specific reasons, but there were reasons that I was frustrated. Why is those you, why those reasons this, have since why evaporated. Why is this podcast, why is it going to be honest when you're asking the question, and the person who's sitting and asking them is going to be totally dishonest and, and a pile of bullshit? When you win the war like I did, I think it's important and appropriate to hey, be classy hey, like hey, I am. Hey, pal, you've been in it for like three years? That's a battle. A war is over like a decade? Uh, oh, two decades. Well, Come back and talk to me when well, you've done it for like I'd two say. decades. Here's, have you ever worked with somebody? Or maybe the answer is yes, where you worked with them in studio and you didn't talk to them for six months at all? I can't believe you did that. I, you and I used to talk about that all the time. You'd tell me. John well, you and saw I, it. I mean, you would yeah, come in. Yeah, I would it see was, it. It was rough. Like John would leave the studio in four seconds. We sat there with a no, stopwatch. The we used to time him. Now that's me. Yeah, and it was unbelievable that yeah. you couldn't do it. I don't know how you could do that. Well, it, John, too. I mean, it's not. It's 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 it was not easy. You put? Did you put John and Jerry together? No, uh, Jason Wolf put them together. I put Dale and Eddie, Eddie Andelman together. together, and oh, I Eddie, yes, lived to hear that. Oh, Dale, Dale, no, but I'm, Dale I'm hated me for years because right. of that. I wouldn't say hated me. He just was pissed off. At do you have me. any relationship now with Eddie? No. Do you think that Eddie? Do you when you think of Eddie Andelman? Do you think of somebody a great radio personality or not? Oh, I think in his time he was really good. Did you like the radio sports? Because I did. I mean, growing sports up, was great. Yeah, it's funny. I still have a good relationship with Jimmy McCarthy. I don't think Eddie and I still does, see right? Jimmy. Huh? I don't think Eddie, uh, does. Eddie does not. The Jimmy and Mark Whitkin do not speak to Eddie. They haven't spoken. I think for twenty years. There's this idea out there. I was actually in the meeting. When we had to split them up, the sports huddle, because the sports huddle was going to continue on with Jimmy and Mark right. as the sports huddle. You may remember right, that. Right. And Eddie went his own way. Right. And that was nasty. Lawyers. It didn't work without Eddie. No. I mean, no. Just Eddie, was, Eddie was really good at his time. Um, Bruce got, Kornblatt was the producer of that oh, show. Yeah, right. I worked with Bruce right. over the years. And Bruce is really a creative you know, guy when it comes to that stuff. But Eddie was really good. No, Eddie was... Is Eddie in the, when I hear about Eddie, and I heard it from John and Jerry. I've only talked to Eddie once. And Dale, to some extent. And you. I mean, was Eddie a, one guy in the air, this wacky, lovey wrestling and you know, Chinese food in Aruba, and off the air an asshole? Well, I would say, to me, once... He, he got pissed off at me for their, a couple he, things. One, I fired... Did ass one time? And, yeah, he tried to... He, he, uh, he threatened Fred Smurlis. He got balls, I'll give him that. Yeah, it was a uh, Sunday afternoon, and Freddie had his feet up on the table because his knees were blown out. Right. And, um, you know, Eddie walked in there and started screaming at him and then said he was going to kick his ass. And I'm sitting <laughs> there going, so you got a 310-pound, still built like a... Right. a, a Shit, brick house. He's pretty and, young then, right? Yeah, and an NFL player that probably been removed from the game like four years or something like that. And right. you're going to kick his ass? And was he an asshole? Um, at times, I think Eddie had his traits. Uh, to me, I got along with him real, really uh, well for a long period of time. You know, he was helpful to me early on. He was a big champion when I was doing on. the play-by-play. Right? I used to go on a remember, show. Yeah. Um, but things changed when I put him with Dale. He thought that was a a, a, a bad move. Uh, then the ratings started going up and taking off. For those guys. Uh, for those guys. They were doing great together. They were, as you know, you put two people together in radio, you don't put two people that are going to feel comfortable about everything, feel good. It was an uncomfortable it setting. definitely was. And it works when you have an uncomfortable setting. Sure. When you take two people that are nothing alike and you put them in there, you know, shit happens. Right. And that's what happened. And their ratings took off. And people loved the show. And the more the show became popular, the more Eddie would hate me. Right. And Dale, because he never thought it would separate. And I remember having a meeting one day, and we're going over the ratings. And they're, you know, Eddie's telling me how the show sucks and this. I'm showing him the ratings. Eddie, these ratings are, you guys have doubled right. here in four months. Right. And he'd say to me, you were looking at the wrong ratings. He goes, I've got my own ratings. <laughs> I commissioned my own ratings. So Eddie was one of those guys that always... Right. 
you know, had some money, so he always would use that as yeah. like influence. I do my own thing. Right. I, I don't care what the company's telling you, but I've commissioned this, and I got a guy, a consultant, who's telling me something totally So you different. haven't talked to him in years and years no. and years? No. No, that's no, okay. No, I, I really didn't have a problem with him. He had a problem with me. And you fired one of his kids, yeah. right? Yeah, but I fired his kid, Kirk, because I, I had to. I had to. What happened was it was a weekend. And his kid had uh, strippers in on the studio, and there was some... I've done that. There was some touching. There was some touching going on. And we had female salespeople that were on the other side of the glass, and they filed a complaint. And they went to the CEO, and the CEO calls me up and says, you need to fire this person. What am I going to do? That was my job. My job wasn't... I couldn't say to the CEO, screw you, I'm going to keep him because he's Eddie's kid. So what ended up happening, he said, I don't want you to tell Eddie about it. You just go fire the kid. The kid's an employee of us. And he got pissed off that I didn't go to him first because he I thought, can understand that. He thought maybe he could influence it. Or but you could, as a dad, you can understand yeah, that. Yeah, but he was a, yeah. the kid was an adult. Michael right. was an no, adult. I, I understand. And, and Mike, he took it really well. Yeah. Said to me, he didn't really want to be in this business, and right. I don't think he's really done on air stuff since. So there you go, part one. Excellent. Glenn did a great job. We start part two. I ask a question that I wanted to start ask him. In like it was one of the first questions I thought of. In Glenn's perfect world, what would his ideal big show? If he could do one more show, four hours, the old big show format, who are the two co-hosts you want? We ask Glenn that. We get into the whole thing. We get into the Fourier altercation that I had. Glenn was right in the middle of it. It led to Glenn and I not talking for months. We go back and forth for about 10 or 15 minutes, and it is heated. You can tell really uh, why we didn't get along for a while. And we get into more of Glenn's career. It's good. The second part is just as good. If you like the first part, you will really like the second part with Ordway. There will be more of that next week. All right, thanks again for listening to the Enough About Me podcast. Actually, you know what? I'm really not thankful at all. You should be thanking me. You get this shit every week, these great podcasts, totally free. Do me a favor. Would you go to iTunes, download it, go to Stitcher, do the same, and leave a rating, leave a review. That's where you can help me out. This podcast is going to be number one again, I guarantee it, and you're going to help me along with the process. So for that, I guess at the end, maybe I will thank you. There's a lot of thank yous going back and forth. Here's the point. Fuck you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.